As one of our most prolific living writers, Stephen King has been weaving the webs of our nightmares into terrifying tapestries for nearly 50 years. A blue-collar craftsman, King has toiled in several mediums from novels and short stories to film, television, and comic books. But what is the true essence of a Stephen King story? What makes his yarns so haunting and enduring? And what unique qualities does he bring to storytelling? Join the Bonsai Boys, Jay and Travis, as they explore the work of King in this four-part series. Stephen King. Get the zone. Jay, I'm going to ask you a question that I know you know the answer to. Um, I did not research this because I could have looked it up, Jay. Okay. I, I got it's computers. Okay. Yeah, you got the uh, interwebs. I got I got ports on my computer, old school ports. <laughs> Off-camera off joke. Uh, and I got ports, baby. I got ports. They fuck you with the ports, Jay. They fuck you with the ports. Also an off-camera joke. We got to stop doing those. Um... And so I know you know the answer to this because you gave me a little tease about this. You might have done this on air in, in one of our previous episodes of this set. But I want you to tell me your answer. I want you to tell me how you know it. And I want you to tell me what that means to you. What music do you think Stephen King listens to? Um, in, okay, different, so... in different scenarios. When he's chilling or when he's writing, is it the same thing? I don't think it's the same thing. I think he's got... Okay, so I looked up what he liked. And it's kind of... It's basically like 70... It's it's basically like 70s, mid to late 70s. He likes the Bee Gees. Mm-hmm. He likes uh, ACDC. He likes the Stones. <laughs> he likes uh, the Ramones. He likes Dad Rock. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Um, but I think like I, I think when he's chilling, I think it's stuff like uh, I don't know, you know, like like the seventies pop, and then when he's kind of you know needs to step it up a little bit, he goes for some Ramones. Now, Jay, I'm a little disappointed in this answer uh, because Why? when we talked before, you said like he's listening, he's listening to Rancid and like oh, yeah, he does listen to that. Okay, and like he is he listening to, to like nineties skate punk? I, I don't know if he listens to like like MTX, no effects, a little Pennywise <laughs> in there. I think he's he's kind of he might do if he listens to Rancid, he might listen to Pennywise because also it connection. <laughs> oh, that's right, that's right. You know, a band comes out like Pennywise, you know he's giving it a listen. He's Probably. a he's aware of the band Pennywise. Um, probably. Do yeah, you think sure the band Pennywise took their name from the expression "a penny wise, a pound foolish"? I believe, which is Benjamin Franklin. Or do you think they took it from the clown from the famous Stephen King novel "It"? Okay, so I may be going out on a limb here, uh, but I'm going to guess. Uh, or neither. Uh, the clown "It." I'm going <laughs> to guess. I'm going to guess "It." <laughs> You're going to guess "It" just because it fits better with our Shot podcast. I'm going to guess with the political nature of the band. I'm going to say Benjamin Franklin. Uh. <laughs> their political nature to that band i wasn't aware (laughs) (laughs) like the perfect people fuck they all look the same that's the way i when i think of that song and now we're talking like punk rock 
That's okay. It's a musical uh, set uh, episode. Um, Pennywise has that that band. Fuck the perfect people. Fuck they all look the same. Right? So I'm like, mm-hmm. I believe that's the exact lyrics, and I hope they are because that's my joke. Every we time I he- every time I hear that song, I always want to like rephrase it like, fuck the perfect people. Fuck, they all look the same. Like I, that's that's <laughs> the way I hear it being said. Like like he wants to like like get get groovy with these people. He wants some to make some time with these perfect people. But he's like, I can't tell them apart. I, I really want to fuck them. This is an explicit podcast. Let me make make a note. Hit right off the bat. Click explicit podcast button. <laughs> All right, so second thing I want to talk to you about is, and I gave, I gave you a little tease on this one, is that Stephen King's got his own band. He's in a band. Yeah. He's, he's in a super yeah. group of writers called the Rock Bottom Remainders. The Rock okay. Bottom Remainders. And I don't so know look, what to think of that. Yet. Okay, I'm going to give you a little bit of, it's an ever-evolving lineup of Stephen King's basically like a core of it. Let me I give like you, that. Let me I like give that it's evolving. Life. Yeah. Oh, it's constantly. Let, let me give you a little taste of uh, some of these people on here. We got Dave Barry. I don't know who plays what instruments. Stephen King, of course. Amy Tan. Sam Barry. Uh, skip some of those names. A bunch of them. Uh, Barbara Kingsolver. Matt Groening from The Simpsons. What? And then my favorite honorary member, Maya Angelou. <laughs> Wow. You know what, Jay? That's quite an eclectic I'm going to say you're listening to the rock bottom. If you're listening to this podcast, you're listening to the rock bottom remainders in the background right now. (laughs) Now, I'm saying this uh, not knowing if I can get a rock bottom remainder song, but I'm sure it's out there. So let's just take a moment of silence. Just groove out to this. Or rock out to this. I don't know. I don't know what their sound is. (laughs) But this is a moment of silence to the rock bottom remainders. Welcome to the Pop Bonsai Podcast. All right, Jay. We're in and now, buddy. No turning back. At the end of the road. <laughs> this is a sad one to leave. This is gonna be a sad one. And I'm, not, I'm not sad right now because we're 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 about to start like one of my favorite parts of of, the, of our whole shtick here, you mm-hmm. know. And if you don't know our shtick, we're the Bonsai Boys, and this is Pop Bonsai. So if you fell asleep and then your iPad started shuffling like podcasts and you wake <laughs> up to this, let me. Before we go back to sleep, let me just fill you in on a couple of things. I'm Travis. Across from me is Jay. And we do a podcast called the Pop Bonsai Podcast, where we look at different mediums of pop culture, from novels to podcasts to documentaries to to, to movies poetry. to poetry to art. Uh, and we... We look at them through the lens of pop culture, but we also look at them at the lens of a big theme. So we're, they're all thematic. And you, my friend, just woke up into a Stephen King nightmare. This is part four of our Stephen King set, where we've looked at so far, we looked at the film Salem's Lot, the 1970, help me out, Jay, eight? 70, yeah, yeah. 
1978, 79, 79, 79, 78, 79, uh, TV miniseries, now film, Salem's Lot. Mm -hmm. We read his collection, Stephen King's collection of short stories called The Skeleton Crew. Skeleton Crew, Jay. (laughs) Uh, And then we even dipped our toes into his gene pool. Oh, how I did that there, Jay. I like it. I don't know if you saw my Stephen King rules button on my my jacket (gasps) there. Where did you get that? I'm part of the Losers Club. Where are you get everything, man? Online. I think an Etsy shop. That's so fun. Uh, I want to start a Stephen King Etsy shop. Um, Where I just call you. You pay me money, I call you and leave a message on an answering machine like Stephen King. (laughs) Uh, and and then, uh, so with the last one we did is we looked at his son, Joe Hill, Stephen King disciple, mm-hmm. um, comic Basket book, Heads. Basket Full of Heads. Yeah. So today, as always, on the last episode of our set, we take all we've learned, all we've, we have cleaved from our subject, mm-hmm. and then we create a pod, oh, <laughs> podcast, we do that. The first, we create step a playlist. One. Step one, create the playlist. <laughs> so we created a playlist where Jay picks seven songs that he feels encapsulate some of the elements of our conversation, the tone of what we've watched and read, and then I pick seven songs to do the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes we give ourselves a challenge, which we'll talk about as we introduce our playlist. Have I missed anything, Jay? I think... You did it spot on. Yes! And lucky for you, Mr. Listener, Mr. or Mrs. Listener, we do have a challenge this week. We do have a challenge. We yes. challenge theme music. Not making it. No, no dropping it. <laughs> and I would argue to say that this is the most important challenge as of yet. It really affects the future of one of our lives. It does. Yeah. It does. Could end in divorce. Could end in a marriage. We don't it know. could end this podcast. It could end, it could end it this podcast. Really could. It could end this podcast. Okay, so we picked seven songs here that we're going to get into. Jake, should we introduce the challenge now, or should we get through our seven and then really drum roll the challenge? Like they, have to, they have to listen to the end of this of our playlist. Do we tease them to keep them to the end, or do we entice them to stay to the end? We let's entice. Okay, let's entice to stay to the end. Okay, so that means. We're talking about it now. (laughs) Okay. All right. So uh, in Basket Full of Heads, Jay and I both read it. Jay and I both loved it. Um, In that story, go back and read that. Oh, please do so before October ends. You can get that Amazon to you 24 hours or read it digitally. Read it now. Um, There is a character in this named June, the female protagonist of this book, the final girl, if you will. Mm. And both Jay and I have massive crushes on this fictional character. We do. And so we decided, if you had to woo June with one song, knowing what you know about her world and the character in the book, what song would you pick? Jay picked a song. I picked a song. The listeners will decide who will fuck June. I mean, uh, who will... uh, (laughs) Who will couple up with June... In this fictional, this fictional uh, reality that we have built here, mm-hmm. who will start a sweet courtship with mm-hmm. with you? A sweet courtship. You know, who who will get to go to the malt shop? Mm-hmm. You know, go to the soda jerk. You know what I'm saying, Jay? A little soda jerk. <laughs> oh, oh. 
in the backseat at the drive-in. <laughs> All right. So let's kick it off here, Jay. Jay and I take turns uh, uh, deciding the order of the set list. So I believe it was my turn this time. So I picked the order here. And as a common courtesy, just out of respect, the person who picks always starts with the other person. This is an undefined rule. Now it is defined. <laughs> <laughs> and may I add, well, job well done. You some of really them are some of them are easier than others. I've had some where I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to couple this this together. It's and, it's hard. It's hard. And there's always like a, a a loose cannon on there. In fact, there was a loose <laughs> cannon on this one, and I just changed it. <laughs> I just substituted that. It was one of my picks, and I was just like, I said, I, I I've tweaked since maybe you've, I don't know when the last time you listened to this is, but I tweaked. I listened to your compl- the completed one a few times. Um, okay, I tweaked last night. I tweaked one song last night. Oh, okay, okay. So we'll see if we, um, we get there. Yeah, it's 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 more challenging than one would think because yeah, it's challenging enough to to uh, listen to the songs and make them flow, mm-hmm. but just for a, a podcast standpoint, it's also fun to do one song and, and stagger them between each of us, like you one Travis song, right? One song, Travis song. And just because it's fun, because so I have like three songs. Puts, yeah, go. Oh, sorry, I interrupted. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you. Yeah, it's it's just as a, you know, for a broadcasting standpoint, it's just more interesting to have you know you and me stagger in between instead of me talking about four songs and you talking about one. And, you yeah. know, and I think uh, the first one I did, I tried to do it thematically, and it was like me talking for four songs and you talking for three songs. And then the next one you compiled and then started that on and off. And I was like, of course, this makes much more sense. <laughs> It's it's fun, so, but that in itself adds an extra challenge. Yeah, extra but, challenge. So yeah. uh, okay, so uh, Jay, before we start, uh, and we probably should start this playlist soon. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk to me about what was your approach. I, I, I every time I think I have a way, like a like a framework for for coming up with my playlist, each new set I throw that framework out, and then I go into this one. I go into whatever it is, and it becomes its own thing. So the, what I do is just throughout our um, our set, I know we're going to do this at the end of our, each set. So throughout the you know month or two long set, um, when I will just because I listen to a lot just at work. That's all mm-hmm. I do. I, I, I pound on my computer keyboard and I listen to Spotify. So when I come across something, I'm like, oh, that's pretty. Mm-hmm. You know, that fits. It clicks yep. with what we're doing. I'll save it onto this playlist correct and um when it comes closer to it uh closer to time to actually you know crunch time to pick our five or six songs uh and then i'll just kind of weed them out through start there. to narrow yeah yeah i, I kind of do the same thing too but in this case for stephen king it was really weird that like why i chose the songs now oftentimes uh we'll have a song that relates directly to a part in something we read or watched or yeah, a conversation yeah. that we had Mine was a little bit different this time. Mine was a little bit different this time. Um, and we'll talk about that uh, as we go through it. But let's get into your first pick. Now, please excuse me uh, as uh, if an ad pops up, I am doing my best. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. I'm going to start up with Jay's first pick. So... A band called Los Straight Jackets, and the song 
is called Lurking in the Shadows. It's a little strange. I guess are like a instrumental surf band. Um, very highly regarded. A lot of people love straight, the little straight jackets. Um, they've been around, gosh, I want to say mid nineties. Yeah. I and, don't know the band too, too well. I, I'm, I've heard this, this song before, but I well, go ahead. Please finish first. Oh no. I, and um, so I just wanted something that um, this doesn't relate to anything we've done because aside from being our Stephen King playlist, this is also our Halloween playlist. And so I wanted something that would just be a fun, spooky song. And that's what this is. Um, it doesn't directly relate to anything, but yet it does. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. song's mm-hmm. called Lurking in the Shadows. And it comes from the band's second LP that they released in 1996 called Viva. Viva so, la Stephen King. Viva. Viva la, how you say King? Uh, I know, I should senor. say it. Senor King. Viva, uh, how you say king in Spanish? I should know oh, that. Oh, Rey, Rey. Ah, we had this, la- I think we, we talked about this in the, the podcast. <laughs> Viva, Senor Rey. Viva, Senor Rey. Um, so, uh, again, one of the things that I was doing, what I was conscious of in my choices was, does this work for Stephen King? And does the content of the song or the tone of the song work for a Halloween playlist? Yeah. So I'm looking for the content or the tone still being able to work for a Halloween playlist. So I think this does a good thing. Uh, also, I like the fact that it's an instrumental. We've been seeing a lot more instrumentals on our playlist lately. Um, I think that, um, so that that was really great. It's got a, and it also fits really well with our aesthetic here at Pop Bonsai, which is surf rock. Tiki surf. Tiki surf. Tiki <laughs> surf. So good choice here. I really like that one. I like kicking it kicking it off with that. Here's what we're going to do, Jay. Next time I play mm-hmm. one of your songs, I'm going to give a point to you. Uh, when uh, uh, I think you should start talking about it, so that way we can hear enough about it. That's a little... I'm not going to cut this out of the podcast. That's just a little pulling the curtain back. Yeah. 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 A little reality check. Oh, shit! There's a fucking demon back here. Close that curtain! Close that curtain! (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So, we're going to move into my first pick. Okay, so what you just had pumped into your earphones, mm, copyright notwithstanding, is Casting My Spell by Johnny Otis. Now, um, uh, this song was recorded in 1959, and I thought this was a Johnny Otis original. So I did some research, and I realized it was written that same year and recorded in that same year by Edwin Johnson and Alvin Johnson, who went by the stage name, the Johnson brothers. Uh, and so I listened to that version, which is also very good and very similar to, uh, Johnny Otis. Uh, it's a little bit more muted. The recording quality isn't as good. There's a little bit of a, of a a different kind of rhythm, but pretty much the same song. And as much as I would love to be like, Oh, I got to go with the original. This song, this guitar, the cadence of the singing, 
on on Johnny Otis just puts me in such a great mood. And thematically, I think of Stephen King. And we talked about this. Stephen King is like. I like this because it's about like someone making these spells, you know, um, like kind of almost like love spells by putting all these different ingredients into something. And we talked about how Stephen King is like the max master of genre mixing. We think of him as a horror writer, and that is the output, but the ingredients, he's pulling from everywhere. Right, he's pulling. Well, yeah. not everywhere, but he's pulling from a lot of different genres. Like sometimes it's very sci-fi and scary. Sometimes it's very fantasy and scary. Sometimes it's very Lovecraftian and, and scary. Mm-hmm. So Stephen King has a real good palate when he's making his little spell soup uh, to yeah. uh, what the, the right amount of each thing to put in, where nothing is too overbearing on there. So. Uh, Stephen King, you have cast your spell on me, sir. Uh, and I like I like this song. It's really fun. Uh, it's a great. Uh, gosh, I mean, this the original vinyl on this probably is thousands of thousands of dollars because I think it was released yeah, first imagine. as a single, which makes it even more annoying to buy. But um, what a great song to listen to on vinyl too, because you, of that type of guitar that we got going on here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, this is a great, great yeah. song, man. Yeah, that was, a, that was a fun one. I've been listening to this song a lot this month. I think I'm actually going to use it in a project. A couple of these songs I'm going to use in a project I'm working on. Uh, so that was that was part of my pick, too. I was like, well, I'm using this anyways. <laughs> All right, Jay's number two pick. It's got some crickets in the beginning, so I'm going to give it a little bit of a push. Yeah, this is a band called Lords of the New Church, and the song's called The Night is Calling, and it's from the band's uh, second LP called uh, Is Nothing Sacred. I think it came out in like early 80s, 83-ish, and um, this band is really interesting. They're like a, like a new wave goth hair metal band. And it has uh, Stiv Baders from Dead Boys and Brian James from The Dam. Oh, I didn't know this. Who had it? Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, Stiv Baders, in my opinion, one of the best frontmen, and not just punk rock, but in rock and roll. I feel um, so. The, yeah, this is a cool song. It's like a uh, like a from a perspective of uh, like a vampire, like succumbing to his uh, you know primal urges. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's cool lyrically. It's pretty cool, and uh, it's just a unique perspective. So you're connected. You're uh, thinking lyrical. Salem Salem's Lot on this. Yeah, uh huh. Is Salem's Lot going. the only? Can't be the only instance of a king vampire, right? Oh, well, American Vampire. He had some. He worked with Scott Snyder on that. I know the yeah. comic book. Sweet Tooth is a total Stephen King. Feels like a stole 
total St Stephen King character, for those of you who haven't read American Vampire, another go and, and watch that one. Um, uh, or not watch that one, read that one. Uh, at least the first volume or two of that. Really good stuff. Yeah. But I think King oh, has man, his fingerprints awesome. on that, that first trade pr uh, pretty strong. Yeah, for sure, for sure. That's one of like my favorite vampire stories. Yeah, um, I don't know. I can't Western think of any. Vampire. Yeah, yeah, and, and and it's American, which is which is so cool because a lot of times you think vampire, you think of you know, oh, back in the olden Easter days, or foggy, yeah, fo or foggy London town, yeah. or you know. But this was in the American West. Welcome to foggy London town. Watch out for the fucking vampires. <laughs> So, well, yeah, I, I uh, think of uh, Lost Boys. Grandpa! Santa oh, Carla yeah. would be great if it wasn't for all the goddamn vampires! <laughs> Jay and I, huge yeah. Lost Boys fans. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. We know those Buy guys. We know guide. those Frog Boys, personally. Yeah, yeah buy a TV guide. <laughs> you don't need a TV. <laughs> don't touch my root beer, goddammit! <laughs> all oh, right, good pick, Jazz. Good pick. I, I like it because it's... It, it, for Stephen King, there should be kind of like a like British pop golf, you know, a la Smiths and you know uh, Morrissey type of thing in there, because there is this kind of uh, darkness to those those sounds that uh, it's always the last lovers left alive type of uh, uh, vibe to it. So I'm glad mm -hmm. I'm glad we got that tone onto our playlist. All right, here is my second pick. Three, if you close. The door, the night could last forever. Leave the sun shine out and say hello to never. All the people are dancing and they're having such fun. I wish it could happen to me. But if you close the door, I'd never have to see the day again. Okay, so that was After Hours, a 1969 song written by Lou Reed, performed by his band, The Velvet Underground, off the self-titled album Velvet Underground. Now, what makes this song a little bit unique there is that sweet cherub voice that you hear on that track is actually their drummer, uh, Maureen Tucker, uh, who I don't think she she doesn't sing on very many songs, maybe like uh -uh. like three or four songs uh, mm -hmm. in like their their whole catalog. Um, and you're like you think of like Lou Reed or you think of Nico or someone, but talk God, about only lovers left alive vampires. Right yeah, there. <laughs> no kidding. There's, that has to be. Well, yeah. Look at Jim Jarmusch, probably a huge Velvet Underground fan. Oh yeah. Um, and um, for sure, he knows Lou Reed, and they drink and like do heroin together. <laughs> um, and so I, I, I love this song one that the tone of it is, is very light, but it's, so you're, you're going to, you're between my first two picks, you're starting to catch like how I went around this playlist. I wasn't so much looking for specific things that happened in the stuff that we read or watched that made me remind me of, but this whole set was me 
figuring out more about Stephen King, the writer. And I did a lot of extra homework on this, Jay. I, I reread On Writing. I watched Silver Bullet. I rewatched Stand By Me. I did. I watched oh. a ton of Stephen King interviews, like on Charlie Rose and all these different places, because I'm fascinated with Stephen King as a writer and his process as a writer and what it's like to be so prolific with such dark things. And so this song is all about if you close the door, it's going to be night forever. Because I think about Stephen King and how he has to, he creates all these stories that have these really dark undertones. And I don't think this makes him a dark person. In fact, he seems kind of the opposite. He seems like a very average guy. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah. when he goes, as a creative, when he goes into that state, it's like a constant state of midnight. And so like when he closes that door and he's in his writing room, like it becomes like Stephen King's world. And I really like this kind of tone of this song that it's, it's, it's a playful, childlike approach at like, I keep saying like, uh, at being living in the night, this darkness and being comfortable in it. Very interesting. Yeah, that's Very interesting. That. That's a, another great pick, man. Yeah. All right. Coming up next, Jay, hitting your third pick. this you know i I have two vamp two vamp tunes right (laughs) and i was trying to decide which one i wanted in here because i'm like i can't have two vampire songs on here but i i couldn't make up my mind because those both of those songs are so great and another thing is i really enjoy holiday music i enjoy music that puts me in in the mood of the the holiday um and uh and and it's every year while exploring said holiday music i discover like one new gem i discover like one song that i'm like and it just becomes like like a a, it now becomes a permanent uh, a fixture for me like a, a, a traditional song that i listened to in that time period and this year it, it was this song it's desmond decker's dracula um i was just listening i think i was listening to like peter tosh or um toots and the maytels and then desmond decker like came up as a suggestion i'm like oh i haven't listened to desmond decker in a long time so i picked this album called early decker and this song was on there and i was like Holy crap, that's such a great song. It is. It's so fun and it's so, so bare bones reggae too. Yeah, Dun. yeah. So like dance hall. And yeah. So it's yeah, it's called Dracula from like I said, early Decker. And I think this uh song came out originally in 1964 as a single. And it was backed by this other song called Spitfire, which I've never heard. But uh yeah, love it, man. Great song. song. Again, Dracula song. I want to talk about something you said about finding that new gem every year. Uh, 
one of my choices, and it might be the one that you haven't heard because I added I added it on on there last my time last night, uh, is been my new jam. Uh, <laughs> okay. For, for Halloween, so we're gonna share our new jams. Maybe we'll coexist. Maybe uh, your new jam is gonna be my new Halloween jam. On, on yeah. there. I'm gonna say something, Jay. This is a reggae song. Reggae is very close to ska, and who mm -hmm. does not like ska music? <laughs> I never said I didn't like it. No, 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 not you, not you, Jay. Oh, oh, June. I'm saying I'm not saying it's points against you because we're not talking about this song, but it may be held against you in the court of law. It's not ska; it's reggae. So I think you might get a pass. We'd have to talk to June about that. Yeah, I, I yeah, I, I, I think she may give me a pass on this. I mean, it's not like you put a skanking, like skanking pipple, pickle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's not like white song. dude ska. You know, it's like white dude with red ska. Pick it up, pick it up. Pick it up, pick it up. Let's go. Here in the bedroom, I can turn my head off. <laughs> oh, how about this one? A little June remix. Here in the bedroom, June just cut my head off. <laughs> Now we're just getting silly, folks. All right, back on track. All right, I don't know what number this is, but this is my next pick. I'm adding the snaps. <laughs> Okay, so I actually really like this pick. Uh, maybe it could turn some people on to this artist. Uh, so I have never heard of him. Yeah, this is uh, a baby, uh, baby, uh, baby D, uh, and baby D is uh, was a man um, at birth, became a woman. I think she might actually, because for a while there, she was calling herself a hermaphrodite, like on her stage name. Um, and she was this like organist. In fact, she was actually like a part of this church, like growing up and she was mm -hmm. a musician. She played like the organ and played some uh, music on it. Then something happened where she's like, I'm getting away from the church. I'm, I'm changing my, my gender. Um, and she went out and kind of, but never was really anything. She loved the right song. She hooked up with like, this other uh, uh, songwriter, uh, coupled up with them. And that person was like, you have really good songs. And then they got like Andrew WK to like come in and like produce uh, a couple of her albums. Um, and this starts my first of three songs that I'm calling Cabaret King. And one of the things mm. I discovered in picking out King songs is, I mean, this connection, the King to Cabaret, 
Like cabaret is like this theater style. Everyone knows cabaret is, but for those of you uh, who don't, cabaret is this kind of theater style. It's usually done like in a pub or like an off a brand. It's not usually done in a theater. And it's there's an MC, and the MC brings on these different acts from like burlesque acts to soloists to comedians. And some of it is beautiful, some of it is raunchy, some of it is horrific, and it's all spectacle. So it's very blue collar. Uh, what we call lowbrow, sometimes bordering on profane style of performance done in pubs and smoke halls and pool halls uh, in the middle of the last century. And of course, you know, the musical cabaret, you know, takes that and polishes it up. And I realized, you know what? I feel like cabaret and King go really well together. And, And once I made that connection, it was impossible for me to not pick a few cabaret vaudeville style songs so you'll notice that for my next couple of picks that is a running through line on here but yeah. i want to the other reason i picked this song is i want to read to you the, the first couple of, of uh uh lyrics here because tell me if this does not sound like king writing you can't really hear it as well in the first listen to it in the song because of uh her her pitch here are the lines um i'm looking out from eyes that roll back white and talk in tongues of blood and bite. And the only song I know is the calling of a crow and the teeth are the only bones that show. Now look at this next line. Sometimes you've got to climb big trees in wintertime. And when you're up there in the cold, hoping that your knot will hold and swinging in the snow, that's when you know that teeth are the only bones that show. Shark eyes rolling back, someone hanging themselves and just praying that the knot holds in the snow on a big tree. Like, to me, that feels like king. Um, And then the chorus of teeth are the only bones that show. Of course, we have a a little bit of a vampire illusion on there. But I guess I was thinking about it. I go, that's not a vampire thing. That's just a reality. I don't think teeth are technically bones. But, uh, yeah, kind of. Um, It made me think of... Stephen King's body horror. And it made me think of the the short story, The Raft, in particular, when mm-hmm. people are being crushed into that hole that we read. Is it called The Raft? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're talking about the bones crunching and, like, the, the bodies being disfigured as they're being pulled into this amalgamous pool of whatever it is. And I think Stephen King does body horror pretty well without getting to, like... It is cramp split open like a melon. It's it's like teeth and bones and hair sometimes. Uh, we saw that in the Survivor uh, story as well, where he talks about body horror in there. So yeah. the way this song, the way she sings like teeth, ah, the only bones that show, you know, a very innocuous line, just a very true statement, but like somehow done horrific. And I think Stephen yeah, King yeah. does that really well. Very simple imagery, but somehow it's he turns it just turns up that creepy dial a little bit. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I, yeah, I've never heard of of Baby Deed. So, yeah, I'm listening to this. I'm like, hmm, well, this is really interesting. And yeah, like, I don't want to, you know, go into your next picks, but yeah, I'm yeah. like, gosh, yeah, there's there's a few songs here that have that kind of. Theme. Cabaret vaudeville style. So yeah, yeah. I'm glad, oh, oops, I went past that um, as I'm getting into there. 
Yeah, so um, Safe Inside the Day, I believe that album is called. There's a couple of hits on that album, I think, or a couple of good songs on that album. So if you're checking out uh, Baby D for the first time, that 2008 a Safe Inside the Day is a good place to start. All right, Jay's next pick, starting her up now. Give him the title track of that one because there's a long intro on there. I don't know if we got to the chorus. What we got here, Jay? Title is Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Be. Hell Ain't a Bad! AC. ACDC. <laughs> bon Scott ACDC. Um, yeah, from their third LP. <clears throat> um, came out in 1977. Uh, yeah, I mean, it was pretty much just like my salute to to, to Stephen King because I, I know Stephen King really likes ACDC and uh, he's they've been on soundtrack a few of his movies um, and I wanted to pick a, a cool ACDC song but one that you don't hear every day you know so I wanted a, a, a deep cut and AC/DC Halloween song. more Halloween related a lot of like Hell's Bells and stuff yeah. like that you could say are Halloween songs but I think this one Hell Ain't a Bad Place to Live you know is, is less known than like Highway to Hell you know, right. type of thing, yeah. Right. So, uh, but also, yep. ACDC songs, you know, you turn them on. I don't know what ACDC song I'm listening to until I get to the chorus. <laughs> <laughs> but a great, uh, always always a very, uh, even though they're not what you could call traditionally spooky or horror, they, they bring in, like, the occult into their songs in a real hard mm-hmm. kind of rock way that is also still fun. You know, uh, and also a really good October band when you can finally bring those the car windows down and crank it. You yeah, know, yeah, a Nothing's... lot of religious irreverence in there. Yeah, too. yeah, uh, and just like that kind of like Stephen King's a troublemaker. You know, he's right. Like, you know, he's he a... stirs the pot for sure. Yeah, and so I think that that's very much uh, ACDC as well as little troublemakers on there, little scamps. All right, here is my next one. To the 
Okay, so you know me. It's not a, a pop bonsai playlist. I think I've put Tom Waits on at least three of our playlists, and that was Tom Waits' song, Little Drop of Poison, off the 2014 album called Orphans, colon, Brawlers, Ballers, and Bastards. This is like a collection of stuff that he had written but never recorded. Freaking great three-part album. Gosh, if you don't own this album, what are you doing with your life? Orphans, Brawlers, <laughs> Ballers, and Bastards. It's got something for everyone in there. Again, following that cabaret vaudeville vibe, uh, uh, this is a, has that kind of tone to it with that uh, piano on there. Uh, and then, of course, the the gravelly Tom Waits voice coming in here. But in particular, that first verse, I like my town with a little bit of poison. You know who likes that as well? Stephen King. We talked Mr. a lot King. on this, this set about how he builds these communities in these towns, like in Salem's Lot, um, that feel very lived in feel very weird, but also feel a little bit off kilter. There's always a drop of poison in his town, in his community. And then, of course, we have a reference to smoking your friends down to your filter. We know uh, Stephen King's early love with nicotine. He talks about how when he got off nicotine, it affected his creativity. And we even have a little reference to she left in the fog. That's her mirror on the wall, right? Mm, fog sounds a lot like mist to me, Jay. Mm, and we know that does. that was one of our favorite short stories of his from Skeleton Crew. So a couple of connections there for King as we move. Anything about this song, Jay, or are we going to move into yours? Um, no, we, I, we've I have talked Tom Waits actually... enough on this podcast. You're like, I've said everything I need to say about no, Tom. No. <laughs> I think you've covered it pretty well, Travis. Um, <laughs> I have actually um, found myself listening to a little bit more Stephen King. I've been listening to um, some Rain Dogs mm. um, here and there. Are um, you a Rain Dog? <laughs> too? Do, do, do. And uh, you know, I just I've been appreciating it more since you've been. You know, so I know you're a huge fan. I'm yeah. like, you know, that Travis. That boy knows his shit. He's a, I'm he's a be, good I'm boy. He's a good boy. <laughs> he's got smarts. That boy. <laughs> I'm really curious about this next pick. This is something that's completely new to me. I am going to shuffle a little bit into it with your permission until yeah. we, we get to the, the, the drops a little bit more. Uh, this is Jay's next pick. Starting it off like this, and that builds for a little bit. Here we have it a little bit further. And here we have even further. trying to do creep me out here jay with this eight minute <laughs> 10 10 second track it's pretty nightmarish yeah it is so this is a, a band called throbbing gristle uh british band up next on stage ladies give a big heart warm welcome to throbbing gristle and uh regarded as a, an early early pioneer of of industrial music uh, I, I've the just, Trent before before Trent, 
little bit before Trent, a little bit before Jorgensen. Um, and I've been listening to these guys, and, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this name, and I'm sorry. Uh, Einster Zunde Neobauten. Ooh, that sounds um, good. From, from Germany. Um, another awesome industrial uh, band, um, Blixa Bargeld. Uh, who I think played with the Bad Seeds. That's kind of how I got into that. Mm, I started listening okay. to a lot of Bad Seeds, and then and then I found oh, Blixel Bargeld was in Einster's on Danny about, and, and then Throbbing Gristle. But yeah, Throbbing Gristle were like a they're a British band and um, really interesting bunch of fellas <laughs> and ladies. How um, big is the group? Because it sounds like there's a lot of sounds happening here, but I don't know how. It's not that many. Okay. Um, there's maybe five, six at the most and so this came off of their um uh, an album called uh, gosh uh 32nd annual report and it's a it's a live album which reinterprets their debut lp called second annual report and this this record was recorded live and this song maggot death part two is it's way different than the album the original album the studio version um, it's way creepier, um, and so yeah, that's that's what these guys are all about, man. And, and it's just you know when I when you it's you, I don't even know what the lyrics are. He says some things every now and again, but you know just when you when I close my eyes and the the images that this music mm-hmm. conjures up is just friggin' terrifying to me. Yeah, I <laughs> think I love it's, it. it's I love a great it pick, especially for King because King is like for me, King is a writer that you pour a glass of wine. You sit on the couch. It's not, you know, like, and, like, just, like, the way you turn on a TV is the way you can read a Stephen King novel, where it becomes almost like an event in itself. It's not like you're trying to get through the the newest book of your favorite author. It is like, ooh, a Stephen King book. Let's let's pour a glass of wine. Let's get the lighting right. Let's put a little <laughs> moon music on. And I think this would be a great thing to listen to while you're actually reading King. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, next one is my pick. Is everybody in? Is everybody in? Well, once upon a time there was a happy ever after to this story. But you're out here one today The man is sweating bullets And his heart beats out a cold tattoo As the band begins to play so this is a song called The Man on the Burning Tightrope by the band Firewater, uh, and it is off their 2003 album, um... Uh, I forgot the name of the album. I think it's like their fourth album. Uh, and this is a band that I discovered very much like you discovered the last band through the seeds. Of course, if you listen to a lot of Tom Waits, you're going to get like a lot of recommendations for things that are very much like that. Again, that vaudeville cabaret style. The reason uh-huh. I picked this song in particular is the, the this concept of the tight rope walker. One, the tone of it, this kind of Carney Barker type thing. And I think that's who King really is. I think King's a Carney Barker. I think he's like, mm. I think he's like, come look at these freaks. Come check this out. And it's a lot of like, I know what you want. Pay me a little bit of cash and I'm going to give it to you right here. 
So I like that Carney Barker sound, but also King, when we talk about this, is he is a tightrope walker. He gets very close to being too much of, it, of, of something. We talk about this, especially when we talk about how perverted he can kind of get. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, like even that, I told you about that scene in It that I think exists where like they basically like, kind of like gang raped this girl. Uh, and but like for some reason we allow him to go to these places. If you think about that movie uh, or that that um, short story Survivor where he cuts off pieces of his body and eats it, like that's a fine tightrope to walk, walk and still be a best selling author. Like he, for some reason he has skirted. You know, I'm sure there are people out there like Stephen King is the devil and stuff like that. But we celebrate him as like one of America's greatest living writers, uh, contemporary writers. And yeah. he does it by walking this fine tightrope between what is okay to put into a novel and what isn't. And like it's brilliant. Maybe he's just been doing it so long that he gets a free pass on stuff like that. But we don't put him into we don't put him into the category of like um exploitation films or or like you know Eli Roth type stuff he is a writer with some beneficial or or that's the right word um uh some cred even in even with yeah clout even with critics uh today and he he walks this tightrope so I like the tone of this song goes back to what I was talking about being vaudeville and cabaret and I also like that image of the tightrope walker, because I think that's what Stephen King is as a writer. You put a lot of thought in I did. This is a good set for me, Jay. This was a good set for me. You know, I'm looking at this. Okay, we only have a few songs left. I'm looking at this as a whole. Yeah. I think Stephen King would like this playlist. I think so, too. I think he'd dig the shit out of this. I think he should. I think he would grave dig us it. (laughs) Segue if I ever heard one. I'm so proud of you for pulling this next choice. I'm so <laughs> this this made me smile so hard. I'm listening to this. I listened to this at least a dozen times since I put it on there. All right, Jay's next choice. I'll listen to this, all right? Let's get it on. I keep the watch the spot get blown. I be the sick lunatic when the devil is cold. From the midst of the darkness, I come with this. It is straight to the chest like a primary mist. Resurrector, yeah, the fanatical type. I'm like a bat in the night. When it's time to take flight, here I am in the flesh, and yes, I love sex. I'm obsessed by the sounds the track possess. Intellectual killer, special majestical. Open up the devils, have them hanging for my... What we got, Jay? We've got Grave Diggers. Grave Diggers. Nowhere to run, nowhere to hide from... Nowhere to run, baby! <laughs> Put a whole new spin on that Martha yeah. Mandela song. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> this song, lyrically... It really didn't have anything to do with what we it were did. talking it's about. It's horror. It's it mixing it's horror. horror. Yeah. It's mixing horror into a genre that up until these guys had only been done so often. I don't think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's just Except a for fun nightmare on uh, nightmare on uh, uh, my street. Oh, the Will Smith, the yeah. Fresh Prince. <laughs> could be. Could be. Yeah, this came out in '94, so I don't know when. I think. I, I think. I think Will got there first. Yeah, I think maybe he was like late 80s. Mm-hmm. He must have been late 80s. But yeah, this whole band was is horror-themed. Um, RZA! I, I, yeah, it's, it's got the got RZA from Wu-Tang in it. Um, it's got a few different people. I mean, obviously. But 
uh, it's kind of a like a I don't want to say Super passion group. project, but oh. it is like a side project of all these guys. Mm-hmm. They got together and did this horror theme hip hop group. Um, so yeah, it's it's just fun and it's something different. You know, I wanted to just throw. Jay, in this is your first rap song I think you've ever put on a playlist. Is it? Uh. I believe so because I saw that I was like, oh, Schnikes! Look at Jay coming in here not with only maybe his first rap pick for a playlist, but a great choice, an underrated <laughs> like kind of like meshing of different rappers that went on to their own thing but also like a that's like one of my favorite eras of like our favorite sounds of rap is like this side talking kind of street hard or uh hard rap and there is like a lot of things like here's here's what i thought you put it on there i'm gonna i'm gonna go ahead, go ahead and spice up your, your response here one of the things we talked about with stephen okay. king is stephen king writes with such confidence right it's like you deal with this. It's in your face. And it's just like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to blow people's mind. And that's what I get from this song. Like, I'm a bat out of hell. I'm coming straight for your neck. Coming straight out of this. And like, I like that sense of like Stephen King's confidence. Like, you're going to read my shit. <laughs> <laughs> I can. Yeah, I can see that. I yeah. can see that. Um, but yeah, 90s rap to me 90s hip hop to me is like especially this era 94 man it's it's like a golden age to me you know oh yeah great it's one of the oh why isn't it okay there we go all right next up is my pick i'm gonna skip a little bit of the intro here So uh, maybe one of the more popular artists on our playlist, the contemporary, this is Regina Spector. Uh, the song is Edit. I believe this is a bonus track. I, I own this album. Uh, it's called Begin to Hope. Uh, I actually like Regina Spector in this age. I think she had, the, that sound was really popular uh, in 2000, what was it, 2003, I said there. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and that kind of female musician sound was kind of very popular, but I thought she did it one of the, uh, one of the better ones. It wasn't like a ukulele and just like, um, when it's cold, you've got my sweater, you know, like that type of thing. It's like, she had some stuff to say. Uh, and I chose this, uh, it's kind of got a, a little bit of a, a more intense tone, but I love the white lines as being both a visual for empty lines on a page, but also Jay, little that's nose what, that, that's candy what I thought too. yeah and that's i was like I, immediately where I, my head went <laughs> and i was like we got the white lines on the page and we got the white lines up your nose we know we know stephen king loved his nose candy and we also mm-hmm. talked about i think stephen king edits his stuff and i know he's got an editor i know he goes back through it. i know it. he said it in his, his books but we've talked a little bit about how especially early stephen king when he was on the nose powder probably could have cut some scenes and some stuff from his novels. So when they get to that line, you can write, but you can't edit, 
edit, edit. Listen, I think Stephen King is a perfectly fine editor, but it is something where you're like, did we need all this? Did we need all this, King? Did we need all like, this? In the stand, boom, boom? it's a lot of stand. <laughs> it's a lot of stand here, King. Can we maybe cut out a couple of chapters here, King? Maybe cut out a couple of chapters in your book here. So that's why I picked that song as for that. Cool, cool pick, man. I don't really know much about Regina Spector, like at all. So this was interesting. I kind of stopped following her after this album, so I don't know if she went on and became more of this thing or less of this thing. But I think this is uh, that is a great album. So if you are uh, going to check it out, there's some there's some good stuff uh, on that. But sometimes she does go a little bit more like, uh, you know, like holiday Christmas special type type stuff. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, interesting thing. Hmm. Um, all right, just waiting for it to count down here. And here's Jay's next pick as we're winding down. This song is called Kill My Baby Tonight uh, by a band called L.A. Witch. And I was listening to L.A. Witch because they're um, they're coming here to Phoenix, Arizona in mm. next week. And I'm sitting there like, mm, do I want to go see this? Am I thinking about going to see this? And so I was just playing some of their music. And they do a really interesting blend of like psych, garage, surf, horror goth and they were one of the the burger records bands that kind of like still like survived out of the demise of that label it just seems like it seems like a lot of the the bands that were in that circle just collapsed i don't know i don't know that 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 label is there what are some of the bands on there that because this is the first time i heard this song or uh this band so just a quick, quick background. Um, Burger Records were starting to get really massive. And like a lot of their bands were just starting to blow up. And then um, it turns out that the dudes running the label were just kind of being huge jerks and like exploiting women. Oh, they got canceled. Doing, yeah, they did all sorts of creepy but stuff. Like rightfully so. Rightfully so mm-hmm. in this case. Um and they like i know la witch are all three women but still it just seems like all the band just kind of went you know it's like i got the rug pulled out from under them and they just kind of disappeared but la witch still continues it's funny they called they call their band la witch because it kind of like the vibe kind of remind me of must be the season of the witch oh yeah donovan that psychedelic kind of donovan stage of it of course more contemporary than that but that's kind of the, the the feel that I got for it. Connected to King for me, baby. Connected to King. Yeah. For me. Connected to King. So kill kill my baby tonight. I immediately connected to Salem's Lot. Mm. Um, in the very beginning with those three, uh, gosh, I don't remember their names. Um, but Fred Willard's character and and Bonnie and her husband. God, Bonnie's husband. And well, first of all, we know next to June, Bonnie. Bonnie Boom does Boom. it for me. Bonnie Boom, Boom <laughs> does it for me. 
God, I want to date a Bonnie Boom Boom. I don't want to marry a Bonnie Boom Boom, but no. like, I want to date a Bonnie Boom Boom. Who I want to take a Bonnie Boom Boom into my room room. Get a little room room. <laughs> you can impress her with your poetry. With my words? It doesn't take much to impress Bonnie, I don't think. I don't know if I have enough chest hair to impress Bonnie uh, Boom Boom. I think she likes a, uh, a Willard Scott type of character. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fred Willard. Yeah, Fred Willard. Um, yeah, yeah. Willard, but yeah. you know, like like a nice gold medallion resting in a nest of. of Here's what I want to do. I want to sleep with Bonnie Boom Boom, and then I wa- then I want to wear one of her silk robes as I'm going up to grab some milk <laughs> from the fridge in the evening. That's that's what I want to do with Bonnie Boom Boom in her room room. That would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Just like coming out, so like, I'm so thirsty. Just milk pouring down my chest onto her silk kimono robe. It's red. It's got some gold uh, goldfish in the back of it that are hand stitched on that bad boy. It's gonna be nice. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, uh, yeah. So that that's my connection. That's good pick. My, I like that. I think I'm gonna check them out. Actually, later, like when we get off this podcast and I go about my day, I'll probably put some LA Witch on there because I I want to hear some more of them. Yeah, it's good stuff. All right, here was my Audible that I called last night, so you might not have heard it, so I'm just going to talk about it anyways. Here we go. The first day there'll be lightning. The second there'll be hail. The third day break, there'll be a big earthquake. So, brother, fall in your the fourth day there'll be darkness The last time the sun has shone The fifth day you'll wake up and say The world's real Go! Rock and roll, you sinners Sing to save the soul all right, that, my friends, is a little guy, a little ditty from 1950. All right, all you cats and cuckoos out there in the midnight hours, you just listened to a little ditty by Thomas Steele called Doomsday Rock from 1956, coming through your airwaves. Um, I, I would say in addition to the vaudeville thing, one of, one of the things I think about with King, and maybe this is maybe more from his movies and how people... Uh, uh, score his movies with songs, but you get things uh, that are very 1950s. I think it's the, uh, you know, you have these these characters that, that come from these more traditional backgrounds and they're put in these spooky situations. So obviously at the beginning you have this kind of end of the world, um, almost biblical, like fifth day on the fourth day uh, type of uh, overtone to it. And then it breaks out into kind of like an early rock and roll, early rockabilly kind of vibe where he's like about rock and rolls for sinners. It's not for beginners. And here's the thing I think about this. One of the things we talked about with Stephen King is his characters, his protagonists especially, are never good people. They're all sinners in some way. And oftentimes they have to deal with these situations like the end of the world or a poltergeist or a vampire. And it's like, it's Stephen King is almost saying like, if you're going to survive this or have a chance of surviving it, you can't be a goody two-shoes. You almost have to have some sin in you. It's like in order to survive this, this evil reckoning, 
you have to have a little bit of evil in you. And I thought this song captured it in a really fun way that still kind of kept that 1950s Stephen King vibe. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I definitely associate that. I mean, because he's done, he has a lot of period pieces um, from that era, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's just because of that that I... Because you look at, like, um, maybe not from the 50s, but definitely from, like, the, the 60s, you know, you have, like, Christine. Well, no, mm-hmm. Christine was set in modern age, but the car was... Was it set in modern age? I don't remember. I almost did one on cars. I almost did, like, in cars... Or like the Devils in My Car by uh, uh, B-52s. Uh, oh, gosh. Though, oh, could, like, I almost did Race with the Devil. Uh, yeah, I almost did a car song. I almost did a couple of car type songs, B-52s, or like in cars. But we didn't really read or view any of that stuff, so I would have been tangential. I, I actually, I think I did the B-52s one. I think I did the Devil in My Car for last year in that playlist oh you did i think yeah yeah we had a long we had 30 that was a 31 days of halloween playlist check that out too like that's a that that's that's real halloween bangers on there um yeah yeah i almost think we blew our load right then <laughs> <laughs> i would have approached it differently having done now podcasts uh several of these playlists i think i would have changed uh-huh. up some of my choices um so uh jay Here's what I want to do. We are now at the point where we're going to talk about our June songs. Our June Woo songs. Who sounds like an Asian director. June Woo. Um, I think she's doing the internals. Um, so uh, here's what I want you to do. Instead, of, I want you to set it up. I want you to, like, without saying the song, I want you to set up how you present this song to her or like, give me this and then I'll hit the song and we'll go from it. Go from there. Wait, 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 wait. You have to elaborate a little bit more. All right. Do you want me? Want me to go? You want me to do mine first? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Go All right. Ahead. Let me give me a second here uh, while I skip this one. If you wanna. Oh, that's a Grammarly. <laughs> when you're an English teacher and you search up on YouTube, you just get Grammarly ads all the time. I'm like, dude, I'm an English teacher. I don't need the help. Okay. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to do with you. I want to call her up. And just, you know, like, uh, hey, June, you remember me? We met, you know, at the pumpkin patch uh, last Friday. Um, and you stopped me because you're like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm taking a pumpkin. You're like, oh, that's not a pumpkin. That's a squash. Uh, and I was like, oh, my gosh. So thank you. Like, it's been a long time. I thought it was cool. I was going to carve this. And I was, and then you gave me your number. Uh, I I'll, I'll take her out on a, on, a, on a nice date. We'll go get a burger and fries at like not Sonic, but like uh, like a, a classier Sonic, like a more authentic Sonic. Uh, and then we're gonna cruise with the windows down. Now in this scenario, I still have my Miata, so we're cruising. The, you or, still you don't have it anymore? No, I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't take it with me from uh, uh, from Japan. But don't tell June that because we're cruising around here, right? And we're saving the burgers because we're gonna go to like a cool spot. Right, and so I take her because she's she's a she likes a, a coast. She's a coastal gal, so I take her to a nice lookout point, and we're eating burgers, we're eat, drinking slushes, uh, and then as the stars are coming up, and we're looking out onto the ocean, turn the radio dial, and this little ditty comes on.
has come and the land is dark and the moon is the only thing we'll see no i won't be afraid no i'll never ever will i ever be afraid just as long as you stand All right, so here's my June triple threat. One, Stand By Me, it's so overused, right? Like we've heard this song a million times. And the reason we've heard it a million times because it is one of the greatest love songs of all time. Very simple. We're talking about, you know, uh, uh, Chicago and Stand By Me and Motown-like records type thing. Stand By Me, this romantic song about standing, not betraying someone like June was portrayed, but standing together. She needs that security. She is a broken woman. She can't trust people. What she wants is a guy that's going to stand by her. Two. Technically, her dad is Stephen King. Her dad is Stephen King because that's who created her, the character. And so I'm kind of like paying more homage. More of a grandfather. More of a grandfather. Yeah. And so I'm paying homage to that history by picking a song featured as a title track in a movie based on one of his short stories, Stand By Me, based on Stephen King's story, The Body. Three... Uh, oh, three. The third one is I, I didn't pick the classic version. I didn't pick a classic version. I picked yeah. fucking screaming Jay motherfucking Hawkins because we <laughs> no know we know yeah. that we know that uh, uh, June she's a tough girl. She's also kind of like she's familiar with the occult. So let me take one of the most romantically lyrical uh, instrumental songs of all time. But let's get it a little bit twisted. Let's get it a little, let's turn up that occult, that voodoo a little bit. And who do that voodoo like you do? Screaming Jamie Hawkins. <laughs> that's my June pick. Wow. Man, that's impressive. All right, set um, me up. Where are we taking June? How are we setting up this song with her? Oh, uh, Gosh, I didn't think of any of this. So I'm gonna just gonna fly. I didn't either. I'm just, I was on the fly. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, June went through through some some pretty dark times. Okay, there was this one. I don't know if you know this or not, Travis, but June was caught on in a rainstorm, mm-hmm. and she had this happen with her. And supposedly, she she murdered quite a few people. Allegedly, um, allegedly. so allegedly, allegedly, um, this was the talk of the town. Okay. Everybody knew that she allegedly did this. And so she kind of went into hiding. But um, she's an old friend of mine. Okay. Mm. And yeah. Yeah. You didn't know this. I didn't this. know this. So. This could make things awkward. Yeah. yeah. So. So. <laughs> so I caught up with her one time. You know, she's, uh, she's at the gas station. And uh, I caught up to her and said, hey, so uh, that stuff that they're telling you about. People are talking about is that true about you and the, the Hanson and all that stuff? She's like, yeah, yeah, you know what, Jay? Um, I really want to talk to you right now, but I can't. So um, I'll tell you all about it later, okay? And so fast forward a couple weeks, run into June at at the local pizza joint, 
right? And so I say, hey, June, remember when you're going to tell me all about those, uh, those, those guys that you supposedly got messed up with? She goes, oh, yeah. You know what, Jay? Now's a, a per time. You got your car with you? I, I say, yeah. So hey, let's, let's drive up to, the, up to the mountain, and I'll, I'll tell you all about it. I said, okay, sounds great, June. So we sit on, on the hood of my car, right? Mm-hmm. Overlooking the town. And I say, Overlook hoteling the town. <laughs> she tells me all about it. All about the, 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 the and the, the Nordic heads and the talk. And I say, I happen to know this band called Maxwell. Bar. Listen to this song. You got to listen to the song, June. I play it for her. She laughs her ass off. So, Jay, you have a sense of humor. I like that about you. And things take a turn for the best right there. Okay. Jay, I asked you a question. Here's what I'm going to say about your song. Um, uh-huh. If June gave me her address, I would never forget it. I would never forget it. I wouldn't have to spend all night trying to remember her address. <laughs> and you know what? If June and I got together, I wouldn't draw white lines around her body. I would do something else to it. You know, but I wouldn't treat her like always... a I wouldn't treat her like a Thanksgiving turkey hand and just draw chalk lines around her. She may like that. I think she likes it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you know June. I think she's into that. And if you are out there and you think you know June, you decide who gets June. And here's another thing I'm gonna say. <laughs> Jay, that's a good show. I actually really like that song I haven't heard before and uh I listened to it several times. I, I really dig it. I like that uh, that that vibe of that sound uh song. Um, what was I going to say on here? Um, yeah, I thought that was a, 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 a good choice and, um, oh, I completely lost my thought, Jay. So let's go ahead and I'm not even going to try to recover it. Let's go ahead and this is it, Jay. This is the end of, this is the end. Of, I'm so sad to see this set go. Sometimes by the I end of the set, like I'm ready, days. like I'm ready to like, kind of like, oh, I'm really excited about, uh, what's next or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this one was a sad one to let go. I really learned a lot. Um, I'm writing uh, a somewhat horror piece right now, and so I'm still in this vein. I'm taking a lot from King that I learned uh, and, and, and hoping to kind of live in this world. I don't think I'm going to let go in my personal life of King. I think I'm going to keep exploring. We'll see how that lasts past October. October is a good King month. I have so much more respect for this guy than I did a mu- uh, uh, two months ago when we started this this journey. It was so much fun going through this stuff. Uh, some of the things it was nice to talk about that I felt, and then it was nice to hear you be like, oh, yeah, that's for, oh, cool. I'm not crazy. And then to hear some of the things that you brought in that I never thought about before to explore. Those short stories were really great. I had never seen Salem's Lot before. It was great going back into the 70s with King. 
um, and just doing all the extra extra work with King. I had a blast. I think that King before was kind of an enigma and always there and someone I wanted to explore more. This jump started for what I think is going to be a longtime love affair with King. And I think King has made mm. officially the list of when they pass, I will be extremely sh- sad and I might shed a tear. But wow. I'll never, ever, ever, ever shed a tear just as long. <laughs> Your final thoughts on King? As King stands. <laughs> Stand by, King. <laughs> I agree with you, man. I could have easily done another four Stephen King pieces. Yeah, easily, and not even. I, I, I don't even think I would have gotten tired of it. I could do. I'm mean, gonna start a whole Stephen King podcast, bro. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Subcast. Yeah. Um, I also enjoyed revisiting this. Um, it's been a while since I've seen Salem's Lot. And this was actually the first Stephen King novel that I've ever read. Nice. I've I've seen a bunch of movies, a ton of movies of his, especially with all the '80s and and early '90s stuff. But I've never read his one of his books, and this was one. And I agree with you. I enjoyed it. I think there was so many more layers to his writing and his works than I originally thought there would be. Um, I enjoyed exploring these things with you, man. You're an excellent guide to take with you, with you on these these literary ex- explorations. Mm, yeah, we're um, kind of both novices. I hadn't read too much. I tell you what, so, I, what's you know, going to be a new tradition for me is every October, I think I'm going to pick a new Stephen King book, and just, yeah. and just like that's going to be a new tradition. Like October first, page one. Yeah. That sounds like a good one to jump into for sure. Right on. You know what else is going to be good to jump into? Our next set, which Jay and I aren't going to tell you about right now because we're working some things out. We're thinking about some things. We got some things in the mix. Don't worry about it, though. We're we're not going anywhere. November's around the corner, and we'll be there with you. On the next Pop Wave! Banzai!